Have you been shadow banned by the liberal media? Free market got you down? Do you get ratioed on every Twitter post because of your shit takes on literally everything? Then producer Dave and HK are probably watching your three-hour dissertation on how a tomato cannot possibly be a fruit because gender and critical race theory can be cured with ivermectin. The Intellectual Dollar Tree, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please leave it a one-star review on iTunes. Check out the rest of our schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. Read it to the lyrics, so let the fucking milk quench your thirst. As long as you remember 
everybody. Welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light. Sometimes it goes quite late. Um, <clears throat> this is episode 299 on the podcast feed. Uh, we'll be off next week as we move to the new studio. And uh, the first Sunday show out of the new studio will be episode 300. If you're a listener of this podcast and you want to give us some thoughts, some of your favorite moments over the last, I don't even know how many years we've been doing this podcast, uh, hit us up in Discord. That's discord.me slash Echoplex. Even if you're new there, people will help you out in there. It's a nice community. If you're new to Discord, it's a good place to land. Also, if you go to echoplexmedia.com slash support, we have an Amazon wish list. We've already received a few items from some very generous folks. And uh, if you've got a few extra bucks to spend, that's probably the best way to help us out as we move because all my personal moving expenses are spoken for. And if you don't have any money to spend or just have uh, like ideological problems giving idiots like me money, you can share this podcast with your friends, uh, text it to somebody you know, uh, post it on your Facebook, whatever, whatever. I'm Producer Dave. You can find me on Grinder, And I'm Historian Matt. And you can't find me anywhere. Don't look for me. Really. Don't do not do that. But uh, just kidding. I'm also on uh, How the Tech Are You, which is our tech show. Check it out. It is recorded and posted various places. But you can find it on any uh, podcatcher. Just look for How the Tech Are You. And um, other big news I have is my graphic novel has just been released. Released yesterday in uh, paperback form. It was released before digital, but now you can get the paperback and cool nice uh paper form with a uh, full color and everything it looks really nice so check it out if you're interested in graphic novels and you know it's it's fantasy type stuff um it is kind of for like middle grade so younger or not you know younger than a young adult but um you know not too young kids but uh, i think everybody could enjoy it if they if they like that sort of stuff um other than that Dave, why don't you give the people what they want? Maybe. <laughs> everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. <laughs> Thanks. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I hope you have a real nice day. The weather, the traffic, the time, and the news. How's your commute? What do you do? Sorry I'm late. I kept hitting snooze. It's just one of those days. You know what they say. It is what it is. Ignorance is bliss. When it rains, it pours. Couldn't ask for more. What goes around comes around all in good time. I guess that your guess is as good as mine. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great.
everything's fine and everything's fine. I hope you have a real nice... day! So, not to be outdone by the madness that we saw during the upfront, here's the one, the only, Mike Pillow. With nose out. Not to be outdone by the madness we saw on the upfront. <laughs> Here's the one, the only, Mike Pillow. Here's two cops. There's a bull here. These are people that um, know the truth. They know where our country's going. They know how bad if we don't get rid of the machines, it's over. They know elections. Everything manifests from election. You're sitting like this. Now that the bad thing, all the good stuff Donald Trump did for, in 2016 all the way up to December 19th, you bet you had people flow over to that. Now you're talking political. Oh, I'm going to be a Republican or whatever, you know, or they're going to be a common sense uh, Trump supporter, basically. So they're over here. Now that bucket, it was a, it was a one-way street. Now, nobody ever came out this way because they had no reason to because he did all these promises. Promises made, promises kept. I don't care what you didn't like him or what. You didn't leave this bucket because your life improved. Hello, you didn't leave the bucket. There's the camera. I'm looking at the lights. Hello. So anyway, follow the, the light, Mike. Follow the light. How much cocaine is he on? <laughs> he might be sober. That might be the line. Or, or is, did he take his my coffee coffee? Yeah, he maybe drank. Maybe been drinking too much of his own coffee. <clears throat> that was wild. That wasn't at the Turning Point USA event. That was at some. I don't know. Some other thing. I think it was in Arizona. They've been holding all these weird events in Arizona. I didn't bother to look because I don't care. Did he not let him in to Toilet Paper USA? I don't know if that's the case or if he just didn't go because it's in Florida and he's been spending most of his time in Arizona lately. Maybe. <clears throat> I don't know. They probably weren't going to give him a speaking gig there. Yeah. So up next, we got a Bay Area Congress critter, a Ro Khanna. Not my Congress critter now, but he will be my Congress critter when I move, actually. And he went on to Fox News to talk to them about inflation and some of the causes of it and how it's not necessarily just the president that makes the inflation. Really? Last reading. So we're up to 9.1%, Congressman, with all of this spending. But Maria, you know correlation and causation are different. I mean, you can't say that Trump sending stimulus checks in December of 2020 was not inflationary and somehow Biden doing it in March was inflationary. What happened is we got out of COVID because of vaccines developed by President Trump and President Biden distributing him, and that increased demand and the supply was constrained and the Fed policy was wrong. But I agree with you that inflation is a major problem. The way to address it is to have more industrialization in America to build more things in America, not to be relying overseas. And the climate emergency, look, if there were ever a time to go to the American people... Notice how they're showing like the sort of high-end items. Those were like organic cage-free eggs. This is like <laughs> gluten-free ricotta. Like, do you know what I'm saying? They're showing these items that have these buzzwords usually. attached to them that tend to inflate the prices of, of items in the store. I think that gluten-free thing is just the... Um, Marketing because isn't ricotta like usually uh, gluten free? Sure. Anyways, but, but I mean they're cage free eggs. I understand. I got. It. But I mean they're showing things that 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 tend to be things that are associated with prices being inflated on certain items, right? Yeah. I also want to point out that uh, supposedly bringing uh, manufacturing back into the the U.S. or building making more stuff in the U.S. that would not actually be 
deflationary or, or disinflationary what they're trying trying to do, which is the reduction of the inflation pressures. Um, because, you know, it's more expensive to build stuff here. So that would increase prices. That wouldn't decrease. It's actually better to have stuff built in other countries where they have cheaper labor and stuff. We don't want petrostates like Russia to have power. We don't want our president to have to go to beg to Saudi Arabia for oil. We don't want to be going dependent on Iran or Venezuela. The way to do that is to have a moonshot. That's a big ass bag of rice. I, I don't know. 1150s. <laughs> look, look at how, look at how wide it is. It's a big yeah, ass bag of rice. I can't. Like, it's bigger than the, the frame that they have there. Right. That's a that's a big fucking bag of rice shot on renewable energy and to make that stuff in america not china that's what a climate emergency would do it would say because of this war let's have a long-term energy independence strategy and make yeah. the solar the wind the batteries here oh i think oh she was uh, gonna say something make... dumb so <laughs> also not for nothing we don't make oh, oh go ahead okay i was gonna say we we make a lot of batteries here because we have the you know the tesla gigafactory and um the one in Texas, I believe, makes their own batteries there. Uh, wind, we do have... Most of the wind is like built in overseas because you can... It's actually not too hard to ship uh, wind turbines and stuff overseas. It's actually getting it over land that's a problem. And like, not for nothing, too, uh, I think Roe also kind of missed the mark when he was talking about bringing manufacturing back because those are better paying jobs than like retail. So people have more money to spend and then the demand will go up for like things again. What is better paying? Uh, like manufacturing is like a better paying job than like retail generally. Yeah. And yeah, so I think retail is pretty bad is I didn't never so worked retail. Some really, of those people that work in retail are going to end up moving, you know, moving to a higher paid job in manufacturing if they can get one and then they're going to have yeah. more money. And that's actually going to, again, put inflationary pressure on some goods because they can compete and pay more for goods, especially if goods are in short supply. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. But, um, generally if you are, you know, giving more money to people who are more productive, so there's more goods being made, it's less inflationary, if that makes sense, because there's actually, you have, even though you have more money, you have more goods. So it's the same amount of money chasing the same amount of goods, supposedly. Well, well, the problem we had is we gave a lot of money to people who are out of work because of COVID and that's great. I'm like, we really should have done that, but that does cause a lot of in inflation because it's not actually producing any products in, in the process. And also it's not like if we tried to, if we were to start ramping up manufacturing at first, it would be less efficient, not yes. because the people here are bad or less good or even less skilled. It's just, you got to put, you got to put the factory up. You got to, you got to get people yeah. in to get the systems ready to go. You got everything. You don't just throw up a factory and all of a sudden, boom, it's at peak efficiency. There's things right. you don't know that are going to happen that you're, oh, we need to adjust this. We need to adjust this. We need to do this better. We're failing at this. Oh, we didn't know this. Oh, our supply chain isn't good. So we have to actually wait for this particular part to finish what we're building. Like a lot of the auto, a lot of the auto manufacturers dealt with that. Even though the cars are built in America, a lot of the components aren't and like, yeah. They couldn't get chips for a while to put in the cars for certain components. So it, you know, then the supply went down. So even like building stuff here, isn't like a, it's not like a flip, a uh, switch you flip it. It would take a generation to ramp it back up. Yeah. To like bring a bunch of industry back. 
I mean, again, like I've been following Tesla. I know we, 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 we hate Elon Musk, but, um, you know, following his, his process, he is actually building factories in the U S and it's interesting to see, uh, how that works. And he, he calls it like a dumpster fire of, you know, of, of cash, right. It costs a whole lot of money to get a factory up and running and it's not efficient and they can't do what they want to do yet. Uh, it'll take years before they get there, but, um, well, he's, com- I mean, if these are auto workers, he's eventually going to, he's eventually competing with, um, people at Ford and yeah. the problem, the problem that he's going to end up facing is as Ford ramps up as their electric, their electric stuff. Uh, those people that work at Tesla are going to look at that union job at the Ford factory and be like, Hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm sure uh, Elon Musk doesn't like the, those unions. No, he don't like him at all. You don't like him at all. That's, that's going to be the next thing he gets in big trouble for. I bet some, one of them places he can try to unionize and he's going to break all kind of laws trying to stop him. Probably. Yeah. So here's Steny Hoyer, uh, on with a Neil Cavuto, Fox's business expert to talk about inflation. Again, we're at 3.6 unemployment. If, if very frankly, Neil, if, if, if this were a Republican president, I think people would be saying, boy, 3.6 unemployment, that essentially is uh, uh, just about it, non-employment. Uh, until they, uh, until not, they go to the grocery store, right? Until, uh, until, until they try to, to buy a store. suit or a car. I get what you're saying. And, and, Finally, let me and, ask you, I, the backdrop for this Neil, also uh, is the me, president. Uh, <laughs> could I ask you this? Uh, do I kind of like that he's laughing at the guy for not letting him finish. <laughs> I think more people need to laugh yeah. at these clowns. I'm, I don't know that much about Steny Hoyer. I think his voting record's pretty good, though, but I like that he's kind of he's kind of from the old school. He's probably not too far away from retirement, so he doesn't give a fuck if he goes on and laughs at this fucking clown on Fox News. <laughs> yeah. You think, as some in your party are saying, he should run again, he's o- open to run again, Look, that he's not Neil, too old to run again. Neil, I'm not going to go there. This is this is about today. You're asking about problems today. There's an inflation problem, but what you haven't well, said is... Well, six out of ten Democrats no, don't think Neil, the president's up to dealing me, with this today, right? Neil. Dude, you should just walk off that interview. This guy's this guy's not letting you feel... It's not like the guy's like fucking word salading like Jordan Peterson there. Guy doesn't get 30 right. seconds out before Neil Cavuto starts talking over him. I'd just I'd be like, oh, don't invite me on your show anymore. Right. I'd like to finish. I'll, I'll go somewhere where they'll give me a minute and 20 seconds to finish what I'm saying. Are you going to let me speak? Please, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Neil, what you haven't said is, in terms of inflation, this is a worldwide problem. We are in the middle of the OECD nations in terms of inflation. About 50% higher than ours, 50% lower. We're in the middle. It's a worldwide. What was called, what caused it? The pandemic caused it. Uh, the supply shortages and the spike in demand. People were, as you Did point out, in terms of yes. any of it. If spending caused it, why are 50% of the nations uh, in the OECD nations above us? They didn't do a uh, American rescue plan. Uh, did spending? Yes, I think it did. In this sense, during the pandemic, people were shut in their homes. They weren't consuming, uh, uh, and suppliers were cutting uh, uh, inventory uh, because people weren't buying. Do you then think we're through happened? the worst we, of it? Then do you think we're through the worst of it I, right now? I, I, I certainly hope we're uh, the worst yeah. of it. And and. Yeah, Neil Cavuto like didn't want to hear a word this guy had to say. Yeah, yeah, just want to talk over him. And... I mean, that's fine. It's his show, right? But I do like he was like, "Are you gonna let me talk?" I mean, and then he said yes, I mean, and then he kept show, interrupting if him. He, if he keeps talking over his guests, then he's not gonna have any guests. 
Yeah, I guess so. It is it is a game about access, but Fox doesn't care that much about getting access to Democrats, right? They they want access to maybe not Trump people anymore because they're Rupert Murdoch's thing mostly concerned about his legacy. And so he wants yeah. his legacy to be, oh, I'm a conservative who stood up to Trump. Yeah. But they sure want Bobert on there. We sure want Marjorie Taylor Greene on there. They don't care that much about uh Steny Hoyer, but yeah, they didn't want to hear it. That guy came with the facts. He's like, we're right in the middle of all like our the, what do you like OEC nations? I don't know what OEC stands for actually. He's like, we're right in the middle. And yeah. that uh, Neil Cavuto didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that it wasn't like he just didn't want to hear that it was an international problem. Didn't want to hear any of right. it. But just uh, just one quick thing. Uh, Neil Cavuto was one of the few people at Fox like begging his audience to get the vaccine when the vaccine came out. Yeah. So, well, so he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna push back maybe if the guy brought up the vaccine. So I don't know what's going on with Al Gore's background. Um, <laughs> uh, what, do you want me to give a guess? OEC, sure. Oh, what's going on, on with his the, background? Yeah, on boomer the background. Yeah, boomer. Um. I think what that that's supposed to symbolize is the uh, atmosphere of the Earth, which, if seen from space, uh, and you're on the dark side, I guess that's why it's black underneath. Uh, you're on the dark side of Earth, then you would see like this thin blue line, which is the the atmosphere. Maybe he's supporting the cops, or that. <laughs> but it makes I don't him think so because that's usually you know. That usually looks different, a <laughs> different kind of blue. <laughs> but it, I mean, it makes him look like the oppressor, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> I want to shift. You talked about the broken democracy and your uh, your uh, concession speech from 2000 was invoked at the at the hearing. I want to play a, a, a clip of that and what uh, Mr. Pottinger, who testified, said about it. Let there be no doubt. While I strongly disagree with Man, the it looks so much younger. I accept it. And tonight, for the sake of our unity as a people and the strength of our democracy, I offer my concession. Uh, his speech is actually uh, a pretty good model, I think, for any candidate of, for any office, uh, up to it, including the president, and from any party. Vice President Pence has been... The guy over uh, stage right of that guy looked like Clark Kent. Called oh, a hero yeah. by some for what he did on January 6th. What say you? Uh, well, in the current environment, just doing what the law and the Constitution requires uh, seems uh, heroic to some. I'm glad he made that decision. You know, he was a freshman congressman sitting in the chamber when I counted uh, the electoral votes uh, in uh, in in early January of 2001. Uh, I think that uh, those who have tried to continue promoting uh, doubt and suspicion about the efficacy of our democracy are really uh, performing in an anti-American way, and they should be held to account. And that committee, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, I want to congratulate Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney and every single member of that committee. They are performing an historic service to our nation. Uh but nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He had the good take. <clears throat> I kind of wish he would have fought a little more in 2000, but I mean, that was his decision and uh, the Supreme yeah. Court was stacked against him and they uh, decided the election the other way. And this, 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 and it was a t an entirely different case than what happened here. He didn't clearly lose and then throw a tantrum. Donald Trump clearly lost and then threw a tantrum and then yep. got other people to throw um, 
I guess, a tantrum or a coup, depending on how you describe it. So it's like, it's like apples and oranges, like the situation. So, uh, here's a historian, David Barton historian. Yeah. He's going to talk about, remember when there was a hole in the ozone layer? I thought you were going to bring up somebody else for this. Cause somebody we cover a lot brought that up and everybody's been bashing him. But I guess Wait a minute. That's the same one. That's Tim Barton. I thought it was David Barton. Well, shit. I don't even oh. fucking, I don't even know what my own show is about. Anyway, <laughs> this is Tim Barton, president of wallbuilders.com, not fake historian, David Barton, but I mean, generally it may be interchangeable in a lot of ways. <laughs> There are cycles of nature, but one of the things the Bible tells us is as long as the earth remains, then, then seasons will also remain. That there will be the spring, there will be the summer, there will be the fall, the harvest, there will be the winter. Seasons are a real thing. And yet, if we want to be practical... Yo, dude, the harvest doesn't happen in the winter. It happens in the fall. ...and objective about this. I remember several decades ago when we were told the, the most dangerous, scary things there were were the holes in the ozone and there could be acid rain. I haven't heard anybody mention a hole in an ozone or acid rain literally in decades. Did those things disappear or were they never the problem they were pretended to be? The, the first one. With a lot of the climate change hoax and narrative. They disappeared. Okay. Yo, the entire world got rid of CFCs in like things yeah. like hairspray. Yep. I bet it was industrial use of CFC that was doing most of it. It was just that like people like were um, like you could do your part right by not by buying, making sure you're buying CFC free hairspray and stuff. And so they like used messaging and regulation to get rid of that stuff. And that's one of the main contributing factors to the ozone layer uh, repairing itself. And it was like, it was like, I can't believe humanity did it. All things considered. Now that I see what humanity's up to today, I'm like, come on, people would just, people would be drinking CFCs right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the CFC market was a, a tiny, much smaller market than the, you know, fossil fuel industry. But, uh, I, I wanted to point out that, uh, CFCs were also used in refrigeration units. So any, any kind of in your refrigerators and, um, AC units, stuff like that, they were using it. AC in cars. Uh, yeah. It, and it's supposed to be contained, but it was they were leaking out, so uh, they they replaced that in in uh, all those uh, locations as well with with other chemicals that worked. And um, though the hole in the ozone layer is actually still there, it's actually not a hole. It's uh, apparently um, just really thin, right? It's much thinner than it used to be, but it's slowly getting back to normal, and we're not making it worse. And that's kind of the big thing. We're not talking about it because there was an international agreement and that, that fixed it. Now, the other side was the uh, acid rain thing, and that comes from uh, basically pollutants that are in um, both actual gas engines, like in your car, and uh, for burning coal and, and gas and for electricity. And what we've done is for cars, we've added catalytic converters and uh, fixed a lot of that stuff so we don't have that same uh, stuff coming out. And we've done stuff similar in in uh, coal plants and and I think gas plants also need it. And there are still places so, that have <clears throat> what you might describe as acid rain. There are places where there's yeah. industrial centers where the rain still has like a lot of pollutants in it. It's just yeah, not yeah. as widespread everywhere, so it's not as big of a it's not as big of a problem again be, because of regulation and because I don't know people kind of were like, oh well, if if the rain is bad for you, that's bad. And now people would be like, oh, acid rain, let's collect it. 
They'd, they'd yeah, be like really. Chris. Chris Let's Key would be ta- Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris Key would be like selling little bottles of it to you, so that you yeah. can like so like you can cure whatever ails you or whatever. Brett Weinstein would be telling you that acid rain cures COVID or some shit, right? Yeah, I, actually, I don't think it was that bad for humans, but it was like doing stuff like sterilizing lakes, as, entire lakes, as people are mentioning in the chat. Um, so I thought you were going to bring up the other person who brought up the exact same argument this week it was actually probably just you know a couple days ago and that was uh matt walsh oh matt walsh had a hell of a week by the way i don't know if you saw the yeah. week matt walsh had well i don't know all the other stuff i know people were bashing him for exactly the same arguments which is why they're fresh in my ma- mind and i was able to uh talk coherently about them so i could take a minute to tell you about the week matt walsh had matt walsh sure. was retweeting old videos of tom cruise and matt lauer with Tom Cruise talking about uh, psychiatric drugs yeah. and agreeing with Tom Cruise. <laughs> and so the fucking, the fucking comments were just full of all kind of Scientology animated gifts and shit. It was like the Tom Cruise laughs at Thetan's one. I have that one with the trolls that are like party at the church of Scientology. Okay. I have, um, there was other ones like, uh, like the Tom Cruise jumping on the couch during the interview with Oprah, except yeah. he grabs her hands and then like lightning bolts come out of him and he zaps Oprah. There was just, it was like a party in the fucking comments. And it was just, that was just so much fun to dunk on his fans and to dunk on him for like publishing essentially Scientology propaganda because they're going after like a mental health care now, even though every time there's a, like when there's a mass shooting, right? They'll go, oh, we need better mental health services. That's what we need to do. And then like just a few yeah. weeks later, they're like, actually fuck psychiatric meds. They're bad for you. And so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's as if they either have no idea what's going on or don't believe a fucking word that comes out of their mouth. I can't decide which it is. And in the end, the impact is the same. And I don't care that too terribly much. So we're going to move on to Marjorie, the gathering, and I'm just going to call this guy the new dork because he's like new and he's kind of a dork and he's like showing up in places. He's like, he's like the good liars, except not the good liars because they're funny. And this guy just like yells at people and calls them globalists. So here he is on the Marjorie Taylor Green show. And I do find it odd that a member of Congress like has a live stream. We, we should expect that now. You know what I mean? So let's talk about children. Children are in the greatest danger in America today because traditional family values are being destroyed. Mm-hmm. The idea that mom and dad together, not not fake mom and fake dad, but, but biological mom and biological dad, yeah. um, uh, can raise their children together and do what's right for their children, um, raising them to be, to be confident in who they are, their identity. Their identity is they're, they're a, a child, you know. Oh, you're almost there. You're almost there, Marjorie. To be confident in their identity. Oh no, she's she caught herself. Oh, she's no. made. She's like abort mission, abort mission, <laughs> <laughs> abort mission, abort mission. So we close. All right. Well, we usually don't get to our palate cleanser at halfway through the show, but this week we're going to skip ahead and get to our palate cleanser. This is courtesy of Blair Erskine. She is going, this is obviously a parody video. Um, She is a spokesperson for Marco Rubio on why we shouldn't, why he won't support the Respect for Marriage Act, which is an act going through Congress right now to kind of codify um, Oberfell, codify the, uh, 
uh, gay marriage. And it also, because of where we are right now in our society, it also mentions interracial marriage, just in case, <laughs> just in case they're coming for that next. So uh, here's a uh, Marco Rubio's spokesperson on why uh, he won't be voting for such a thing. Floridians don't care about um, gay marriage. Okay. They care about gasoline. They care about being able to pump that hot, hot load of affordable gasoline into their vehicles, okay? They care about being able to stick that nozzle in, inside their car's little um, uh, buttholes and still being able to pick up straight KFC for their love and heterosexual family. They don't care about gay marriage. No one's ever approached Senator Rubio about gay marriage. And certainly they would if gay marriage was actually a thing. Look at him, look at his teeth. There are so many of them. Why wouldn't anyone want to marry Senator Rubio? And 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 so yeah, Senator Rubio will be voting no on the marriage erection on on the marriage project. I'm sorry, on the Marriage Protection Act. It's a mouthful. Um, uh, here at the office, as Senator Rubio and, and I, we like to say like that's what she said. That's a mouthful. That's what she said because she is um, performing um, fellatio on a man because she has one of God's um, children. Uh, sorry. Um, so yeah, Senator Rubio will be voting. <laughs> she's yeah, pretty good she's so funny she like stepped in it a couple weeks ago with something dumb she said too and she was like oh i guess that was dumb and then if you could imagine <laughs> this everybody was like oh okay well we're just gonna yeah. we're just gonna move on <laughs> so good on blair that was pretty funny i liked uh some of it was on the nose but i liked when she said the the marriage erection uh projection oh i loved yeah, it yeah, i loved it good. so funny she's so funny i don't know if she's got somebody writing for her. i don't think she does because she started making remember when we first saw her videos it was like her in her kitchen like she I think so yeah. they were like very like she was obviously just doing them for her, from her phone and they were just as funny so good for her so do you remember a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago i don't know it could have been two years ago for all i know um when Marjorie Taylor Greene was mad that somebody put a sticker on her sign and she thought it was like yes. a terrorism. That wasn't very long ago, wasn't it? That was like maybe a month, that like a month ago or something. Time is all fucked up though, man. Time is yeah. all fucked up. It was certainly no more than three months ago and definitely more than two weeks ago. So yeah. she's still on about the incident with the sticker. <laughs> she's on real America's voice. I think she's probably, I don't know whose show she's on. I don't think she's on, um, I don't think she, I don't know whose show she's on. Maybe they won't even show it, but here we go. She's still on about Stickergate. Because that man still has his job. He still works for Congressman Jake Auchincloss. He's still there. He is not being prosecuted. And I very much feel threatened by all of that. I do not feel safe. I, I, I've asked for, for protection over and over again because of how many death threats I have. And the sergeant in arms does not pr give me protection like they do the Democrat women. So it's a two-tier justice system. And he put a sticker on your fucking sign, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, that was a death threat, although she's talking about other death threats. She was right. mixing it all together. She's trying to, like, uh, it seems like she's trying to equate the two. And, like, everybody in that building has probably got gets death threats. It, I mean, even. Yeah. Yeah, everybody in that building probably gets death threats. It's unfortunate that that has to be part of our politics, but it's the way it is. And that has nothing to do with the person putting a sticker on her sign. Maybe they shouldn't yeah. have done that. I don't know. I think I'm glad they did though, because it, it gave us, it's given us between between three weeks and three months of laughs. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> so up next is uh, Tiny Dancer Ben. He's gonna talk about climate change because he's a climate expert, as you know. 
of course. He once told said that if the that if the um the water rises and it engulfs your house, don't worry, you can just sell it and move. Yeah, because there'd be lots of people who want to want to buy a flooded house. And then famously, H bomber guy took yeah. like a a sledgehammer and came through a wall to ask the question to who Ben Aquaman. <laughs> very very good moment in our political yeah. discourse. So it's a uh, tiny dancer Ben talking about climate change yet again. Nonetheless, Joe Biden is now, quote, eyeing climate emergency declaration as Democrats demand swift action. Uh, you got to admire the, the fact that the entire United States government now operates basically like Michael Scott from the office. They just declare emergencies now. And Michael Scott, I declare bankruptcy. Like, you know, I go nothing back to else bankruptcy. Joe Biden now done. declares. <laughs> like the president has the authority to declare an emergency. Yeah. And Things since we've been doing nothing about it, climate is an emergency. Emergencies, and this is supposedly going to solve them. So according to the Washington Post, President Biden is considering whether to declare a national climate emergency in the coming weeks as he seeks to salvage his stalled environmental agenda and satisfy Democrats on Capitol Hill. Again, he is so indebted to the center of the Democratic Party. Remember, it ain't about Biden. It's about the waves underneath Biden. Biden is just a cork. The waves are the real issue, and those waves are pushing him ever more to the left. The new calls for action came as Biden prepared to speak Wednesday about the increasingly evident consequences of a rapidly changing planet. Another punishing heat wave descended on the central United States this week as similar weather patterns spread wildfires and broke temperature records in the UK and across Europe. Again, as I say, pretty much every summer, whenever it's a slow news cycle, talk about how it gets real hot in summer. As it happens. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, real hot in summer, you know historical heat wave same thing you know it's not like this is a, yeah there's a functional difference between the 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 weather the like the meteorologist or whatever on your local news going boy it's gonna be a hot one tomorrow everybody make sure you you know stay inside if you're if you're sensitive to heat or whatever versus the entire continent of europe is 10 degrees hotter than it usually is holy shit and on fire right yeah and and what was it like england was 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know how hot that is, but it sounds hot. It sounds like a lot. We're dumb Americans. <laughs> I'm an American. I don't know could, that. Could don't you know do the Celsius? Could you do that in actual degrees, please? <laughs> hip, hip, yeah, cheerio. Exactly. It's hotter now than it has been for the past century or so. But there have been times in the world's past in which it has been significantly hotter. At the White House, top of... Like when, Ben? ...issuing a new emergency declaration... <laughs> hoping it might aid the government's efforts to reduce carbon emissions and foster cleaner energy, according to three people familiar with the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss the private deliberations. Like, I don't know if it's been hotter since we've been recording it. I guess, like, the Earth at one point, uh, scientists believe, was mostly magma or some shit, like a magma-like like <laughs> substance, like, on the surface. That'd, that'd probably be hotter. Yeah. That's probably a little hotter, yeah, yeah. You know, when that, that protoplanet uh, collided with Earth and, uh, you know, destroyed itself and basically became the, the moon. It was probably hotter then on the surface of the earth, but uh, I don't know about since then. <laughs> ben does not know how to talk about climate change without sounding like a fucking idiot. True. I don't know that much about climate change, but I'm just like, oh, you know, the people, the experts who are studying the climate seem to think this, and I'm just going to kind of, you know, I think they, they're probably right because they've spent their life studying this and not for nothing like people who are dead and gone uh, also spent their lives studying it and it's got all kinds of builds on each other. So that's, that's just my best guess. 
So Steve Bannon got convicted of contempt of Congress for not showing up at the J6 hearings, like refusing to show up. So his statement about the hearings, about his contempt of Congress here, this is the most amazing thing that anybody's ever said. I thank the jury for the, what the effort they did, the judge, particularly the court administration here, everybody. I only have one disappointment, and that is the gutless members of that show trial committee, the J6 committee, didn't have the guts to come down here and testify in open that court. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> like the guy with the sign. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't believe after he refused to testify at a hearing, he said, oh, the people doing the hearing, they don't have the guts to come testify at my hearing. Yeah. You fucking, the, the balls on this man, the balls yeah, on this man to just go say that. Such a terrible person. Just like, just how do you, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. Right. So, uh, yeah. he gave a, another statement and he was defeated by. I don't know, a yard duty. Somebody had a whistle. <laughs> he was defeated by a whistle. The show trial, the Moscow show trial of the 1930s. Why is he not here in person? Does he really have COVID? Has anybody checked at all? Or is he just saying he has COVID? Has Dr. Fauci... Is the guy in yellow? This is an absurdity. It's completely and totally absurd. Why is Faye Thompson? Isn't it like a million degrees out? Why is he wearing so much fucking clothes? Look at that. There's four layers yeah. on top. Human beings, there's no human beings that will admit to anything about setting any dates. Now, where is Benny? Where where is Benny Thompson? Where is Benny Thompson? Okay, last thing. Benny Thompson's at that fucking. He's dancing at the fucking Turning Points USA thing. We saw him. You, you right. tell he's heterosexual because he refuses to lift his fists above his shoulders. You heard it today. I stand with Trump and the Constitution. Trump won Biden's illegitimate. Shout out to the person with the whistle. Yeah. Pretty sure it was a guy in yellow in the back. <laughs> he had a mask on, so you couldn't really see it, but he was <laughs> breathing in time with the sound of the whistle. So I think it was him. Oh, that's pretty good observation there. I, I, I couldn't tell. Yeah. I'm also not um, not for nothing. I'm also looking at like 90 things while I'm doing this show, which yeah, is my own enough. fault for just putting displays everywhere and making a spaceship. It's not like I not like it has to be this way. <laughs> well, it does make everything look good, right? <laughs> uh, all, all the indicators could be off uh, off screen, I guess. But then if something goes wrong, I wouldn't know what it was. Um, okay, so up next is uh, Alan Dershowitz uh, talking about how Steve Bannon was uh, basically denied a right to a trial because. Democrats live in Washington, D.C. What? Um, what do you think of this verdict and what do you think of what's likely to happen to him? Entirely predictable and entirely in violation of the Constitution. The only provision of the Constitution, which appears basically twice, is trial by jury uh, in and, and in front of a fair jury. Number one, he's not. He didn't have a fair jury. Number two, the judge took his defenses away from him. The judge denied him a jury trial. They wouldn't allow him. Wait, is he talking about Austin Bennett? That he believed that uh, <laughs> there was an executive privilege involved and he wanted a judicial determination before he violated the executive privilege. That issue could not be presented to the jury. So as I predict... So just real quick, the president is the only one who can claim executive privilege. They can claim it on behalf of their staff. They can say, oh, you, this person can't 
um, like the, the 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 administration or whatever claims it. You can't just claim executive privilege after the fact because you were working for the president. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I believe that the claim is that the that Trump claimed executive privilege to keep Bannon, you know, that that Bannon can't testify or whatever it was he was doing, um, and that's why he didn't show up. But there's a whole lot of questions because he's clearly claiming executive privilege to protect himself. He's not doing it for the reason you're supposed to do it for. I mean, uh, we just, but yeah. ima- like, imagine like Jimmy Carter's not the president anymore. Imagine a world where Jimmy Carter could just claim executive privilege to protect a friend of his. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if, I think, I don't think you can do it while you're not the president. Yeah. Well, I don't, I think the idea is it related to something that happened while he was president. So he can still do it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know but enough about the, it. That's the whole thing. Like, that's the the whole question about it, right? It, it, can he actually claim executive privilege for this? So here we go. Here's Biden on the Tucker Carlson show. They're talking about jail, which is somewhere, or not Biden, I'm sorry. Bannon, <laughs> Bannon on the Tucker Carlson show talking about jail, which is somewhere Bannon's never going to go because the Powerful People Club doesn't ever throw anybody from the Powerful People Club in jail. Or if he goes, he's going to be the white collar, like, resort type jail, right? Now your freedom's still taken away from you. Yeah, something. And what he did wasn't violent, so why should he go to? Why wouldn't he go to like a like a white collar kind of place? Well, he shouldn't go to. Yeah, but he should go to minimum How security do you feel prison. About definitely going to jail. Are you confident you would be safe there? For example, I, I, first off, if I go to jail, I go to jail. I will never back off a second. Look, I spent eight years as a naval officer. I've committed my life to this pro- to this program to get this done. I will never back off. I support Trump and the Constitution, and I'm not backing off one inch. If I go to jail, so be it. He's not going to jail. Yeah. Um, two hours after being found guilty of contempt of Congress, here's uh, Mr. Bannon doing his show on Real America's yeah, Voice cool. with a picture of Jesus behind him. <laughs> White Jesus. This, by the He's way, being I persecuted. Uh, the jury, uh, D.C., working class and middle class people, they took the entire week off for a misdemeanor that I think they were in the court for. Uh, maybe a day, day and a half max, or five days. I want to thank them and I respect their, uh, uh, their I respect their decision. Given the uh, evidence and the information they were presented in the room, it's a misdemeanor and it was very restricted. This is why there was so much convoluted in and out. And the judge did a great job. I'm not questioning the judge did a great job of trying to. Balance. That's not what he said before. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> I think he just doesn't want to piss any of the. He doesn't want to piss the judge off because I don't think he's been sentenced yet. Yeah, <laughs> but if that's it's a, exactly what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, though he is going to appeal, so we'll see what happens there. How do you appeal? I guess you do appeal con- criminal convictions. Anyway, here's a Bannon has a diehard supporter. I believe this is at a Trump rally or a Trump adjacent rally. Anyway, this is uh, this is Bannon's day one is ride or die. Because there's not a whole lot of places we can go to get the truth as far as what's happening to our country. And I want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you guys, how you stick your necks out, especially Steve Bannon. You know, all the, the, the way he's held himself through this whole January 6th crap is just very awe-inspiring to me. It's very inspiring. So I just want to thank you. Keep up the good work. Please keep 
keep it going so that we can hear the truth. So that we can, we, he guides us. All you guys guide us as what's happening and what to do so that we know what to do. So thank you very much. So the music, wow. if it wasn't there from the event, somebody would have added something like that behind this person. When yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This poor lady. She just she got Facebook brain, right? Yeah. I think she got Facebook brain. So up next. Uh, guess who went on the Steve Bannon show? <laughs> went on the Steve Bannon show? Okay. Yeah. Yep, guess who went they on the Steve... They both have shows, so, and I'm looking at the tech, so <laughs> I yep. don't have to guess. <laughs> Here's uh, Alex Jones on the Steve Bannon show. Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Tell us about this movie. You, a, a great filmmaker made this. You're interviewed for it, but other than that, it's their film, correct? It is. I, I mean, I've turned down a lot of other documentary offers because it's the establishment, they always lie. But I'd seen some of her films, and knew that it was independent and, and it shows me in a bad light and, and a good light because I mean I'm a real person just like you but it's hard to come on here Steve because I've admired you I knew you were the brain uh, behind a lot of what Trump was able to do and you've had the most courage <laughs> of anybody out there standing up to this January 6th fraud and, and, and really bringing America back so it's hard to come on your show uh, and, and then talk about myself here it's, it's, it's surreal with what you did not backing down to the committee and them and their kangaroo court and how they wouldn't let you cross-examine people. I'm facing three rigged lawsuits run by Democrats. So, again, the idea of cross-examining, the prosecution would have had to call someone for the defense to cross-examine them. Yeah. And the prosecution wasn't just like, I'm, we're going to call every member of Congress, actually, who voted to certify the election. That They didn't have to do any of that. Right. It's literally like this, the fucking Austin Bennett thing where he thought he was going to cross-examine the victim, but nobody's going to call a victim. It's the same thing. Right, yeah. Same ones in Travis County that indicted Rick Perry and Tom DeLay. The, I'm not allowed to say I'm innocent at my trial next week that starts. They put an order out. You cannot say you're innocent. You cannot say it's rigged. And you Because you were already found guilty. And I mean, it's insane. I'm supposed to sit there and not talk and, and not say I'm innocent. That's usually what you do in a courtroom. The end of America. So if they can destroy Steve Bannon and Alex Jones, they can destroy you. So I'm just honored. And I'm not gushing here just to gush. I mean, I don't gush. I'm gushing because <laughs> he's gushing. Literally, we are in the arena. And you and I, and you at a greater level, I got to say. You might see Steve Bannon as some kind of off ramp for him, right? If they take all his shit, Steve Bannon will yeah. hire him so scared of you and 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 so i i admire your work and i have you know really really pushed people that have you know attacked you and stuff to to not because they're yep. wrong and when they do they're buying into the globalist propaganda so i am really this is a big bucket list being on your show and i'm i'm so proud of the fact that it's exploded and everybody talks about it. i'm at the grocery store i'm at church everywhere almost every day <laughs> fucking everybody at church is talking about steve bannon get the fuck out of here <laughs> people go man i really love your show and i love steve bannon did you see this did you see that and i don't get like envious i feel good when i go to sleep at night like if they put me in prison or kill me next week at least steve bannon's out there no they're just gonna take all your shit and we want just anything from his studio just anything when it goes to auction <laughs> you put together but here the reason i want to have you on is the film look the film's a powerhouse film I feel and like anything in I Alex Jones' studio is probably worth you. more well, than let's your Let's talk about Steve Bannon. Okay, okay. We'll talk about No, 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 no. He's got this, like, chessboard that looks like it's, like, got a goat's head and shit. It looks like a satanic ritual chessboard that he, yeah. like, <laughs> I want that. 
I want, talk to you. No, yeah. But we don't got room for his desk. The new studio is big, but fuck, we don't got room for that desk. And look, you're a fighter, and they're obviously trying to take you down. The point I don't think people get about you, I, we do at the War Room, and I personally do because I, I followed you for years, is that you're not just a man of action. The guy that they see on that Sharvy night, the guy they see out the bullhorn, the guy that's taking leadership and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm like in the first tank and we'll drive this. As much and as important as that leadership is, the true thing that you've done, which is stunning, if you look at the evidence of that and the facts, you are one of the great thinkers of this. That is very rare. <laughs> you to the revolutionary generation. Is this a date? See that. In this new book, Sounds I like tell it. You, when Tony Lyons first approached me, I read this thing. I go, this is it. This guy has summarized. He's pulled together. And this new, the film is powerful. But the film is going to show Alex Jones in all his glory, the good and the bad, and you make your decision. But you see Alex Jones, the brawler. Alex Jones, the intellectual brawler. But this book, The Great Reset and the War for the World, I'm telling you, everybody in America, the people that hate Alex Jones the most have to read this book. This is no beach read. You're not going to be flipping pages here. You're going to be having a pen out. And you're going to be underlying stuff. It, it's amazing. So, look, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, and, it, it, look, you, you know, we're both in this, and there's no back down. You know, Tucker, I was on Tucker last night, Trump, you, me, others. It, we're not going to back down an inch. We can't. The, the Republic, this is a fourth turning. The Republic is, is, is in play right now. We're either going to win or we're going to lose. It's very simple. You know, right? Because, Steve, well, let's explain this to viewers. Yes, if we back down, it's like dying. It's like committing suicide to back down. We're not looking for trouble, but we just can't back down. And we need America to understand that you'd be with us together exactly. We just, we're not backing down. We can't do it. No, absolutely. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to take a, a short break here. I'm going to get Alex. I want to talk about this book. If we can get it up, Alex, what is the? Can we get the cover of the book up real quickly? When is this book? When can, I know people can order it now. When does the book actually come out? Because this is something that people need to read immediately, and we need to break it down, etc. So, when can people get this book, The Great Reset in the War for the World? I, I was making changes to it up to a month ago. The book is done. Today, I am writing, because I'm two weeks behind, they're going to print it next week, uh, the, the acknowledgement. It's kind of hard to write the acknowledgement because I want to thank so many people. So after this show, I'm going to write the acknowledgement. It's going to go to print uh, Monday, uh, and it's going to be out in, in, in the middle of August. So it's, so it's going to print uh, 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 next week, a, so people let, can start. Let's take a short commercial break. We're going to get the way everybody orders it. Alex Jones. There's a massive film premiering tonight in Austin, Texas, Alex's War. You're not going to want to miss that. Then he's got a major new book coming out in mid-August. You can start to pre-order The Great Reset in the War for the World. And it, this is as heavy as it gets. Alex Jones is our guest. You're in the war room. We'll take a short commercial break. We'll be back in a moment. Yeah, they were just heaping praise on each other, weren't they? Yeah, pretty much. What, what, movie, what documentary what is he talking about? I, Co I missed called that. called Alex's War. It's oh. done by uh, a filmmaker who made a, a documentary called TFW No GF, like that feel when no girlfriend. And it painted the involuntarily celibate community in a fairly positive light. Um, I don't even know how you can do that. <laughs> they just found like a couple guys who were maybe not so deep into it or whatever, but oh, who okay. were having a hard yeah. time dating and painted. And they, they you know, one of, one of the guys seemed like a really nice guy, a really smart guy. But then by the end of it, like all of them had girlfriends, right? So it was like, well, you're not really, this isn't really about what you said it was about, is it? Because 
right. you, d- during the course of you filming this, they all, they all like met somebody and now they have a partner. So that's not really what was going on here. So yeah, that's in the, it's called Alex's war. It's unfortunately uh, put out by like, not a major studio, but like enough of like, uh, like an organized like media outlet that they will be litigious and we'll never be able to watch it on stream. But right, I, right. I do suggest that people uh, acquire it via, you know, whatever, whatever means you see appropriate to acquire this movie. So I think the last thing we're going to do before we go on into red light here, cause we just don't have time. We'll do the Dave Rubin stuff during red light. Um, we're going to check in on all Jordy Pete. Um, his arc is getting crazier as he, uh, has moved over to the daily wire. The arc finally ending. No, no. He's on the daily wire now. Oh, okay. Who's an expert in planetary sustainability? No one. (laughs) It's too complicated. And that's why we have a decentralized free market economy. Oh, captains of industry. We have a decentralized free market economy so that the invisible hand, which is actually a gigantic distributed computational system, calculating adaptation to the transforming horizon of the future. So that the invisible hand, the free choice of product and occupation characterizing billions of people can guide us as unerringly and selfishly, thank God for that, as possible into the future. So far, go ahead. Fully drank the Ayn Rand uh, Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know he did before, but yeah, but he's like, yeah, because he's on daily wire. They, they are a big kind of free market outlet. So he's like kind of of moving away from TFW, no GF to the weird sex scene in Atlas shrugged. (laughs) Stop with the faux communist pretense, unless you want to go there. And if you do think again, sunshine, stop pretending (laughs) that there are 150 different genders and that it is your job to be so compassionate toward all narcissistic outsiders that you tempt children into ill-advised and terribly destructive surgery. feel weird surgery. hearing him talk about narcissism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. You got to be a little more self-aware than this. Yeah, seriously. <sighs> are you wealthy? Be better. Do so much good with your money and your other privileges that when the mob comes, you can say, I have devoted myself truly to the highest good and can stand innocent before you and my own conscience. And you, mobsters, (laughs) have you looked to your own redemption? Have you borne the responsibility of your own unexamined privilege? You who dwell equally in the exploitation and atrocity of the so-called imperialist West. As I said, and as so many are insisting, we are in a conceptual war, CEOs, and it goes all the way to the bottom. What side do you want to be on when the chips are down? Maybe the bottom, I don't know. Depends on how how I feel. I don't think that means what he thinks that it means. Against the middle. The deepest chasms of hell are reserved for those who play that game. One more. Wasn't he 
he was complaining about the mob, but at the same time, he's kind of like trying to whip up the mob. Like he's one of the people that's part of the problem with that sort of thing. Yeah. He's definitely like definitely trying to whip his fans up into like hatred of, I don't know, <clears throat> like the woke capitalists and like, <clears throat> not for nothing. There's like some weird, like I'd even call it virtue signaling, especially during pride where there's, there's these companies yeah. like when YouTube, like a company that just is, chock full of homophobic content throws a rainbow up on their logo i'm like oh you don't you shouldn't don't 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 come on you're not you're not fooling it you're not fooling anybody kick off steven crowder for pride month come on (laughs) kick off jordan peterson for pride month like take some action then 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 you can have the rainbow logo all right yeah it's weird because it's a good place for like uh queer people to work generally like the company doesn't discriminate against their employees it's just like that's at odds with the platform that they've created. Same with Facebook. Yeah. Although I heard it's not, not, not great. If you're black at Facebook, not great, not great. So stop saving the world with the centralizers, globalists, narcissists, and eternal builders of the tower of Babel stand forth instead. As I said, as proudly evil capitalists, Do your fiduciary duty. Provide your customers and clients with what they need and want. That's not the fiduciary duty. The fiduciary duty that you have, according to like case law in America, is to maximize profit for your shareholders. Yep. It is not. Also, his whole like saving the world rant, like again, not at all self-aware. That seems to be what he's trying to do. Right. It seems to be like he thinks he can save the world with, with his nonsense. And nobody's going to save the world by giving a talk in front of a bunch of wood that there's no way that they chopped themselves. (laughs) And let the great invisible hand, that immense computational device, play its necessary role. Make your enterprise productive and profitable. Make yourself generous and abide by the dictates of your conscience. Do enough signal good so that your great wealth rests lightly on your shoulders. This is a more difficult task, take note, than generating that wealth itself. Okay. Yeah, completely not self-aware. Yeah. Because he's doing all the things that he's saying that the <clears throat> that other people shouldn't do. But that's like sort of been this guy's kind of MO, right? He's like, oh, yeah. don't be ideological. And I'm like, excuse me? You know, like this whole, like a lot of his shtick is like, don't do the things that I do. Or maybe he's even saying, do the things that I do, but only if you're on my team. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, I'm glad we got to Jordy Pete and I'm actually, you know, I'm glad for you, I guess that we didn't get to the Dave Rubin stuff. <laughs> we'll get to the Dave Rubin stuff first in red light. Everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast version of the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Live viewers. Um, I don't know. Um, thanks everybody for all your help. This is the last uh, Sunday show in this location. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another Sunday show. It'll be episode 300. Uh, we're not quite sure what we're going to do, but if anybody in the community out there, podcast land, live, live viewers have any favorite moments from this particular show over the last fucking, what feels like 500 years. Um, go ahead and let us know in our discord. It's discord.me slash echoplex and go to echoplexmedia.com slash support. And uh, any ways you can support us there are greatly appreciated. And if you don't want to do any of that, share the show with your friends. 
that's also something we would greatly appreciate. Uh, so I'm going to move on to Red Light. Matt, thanks for joining me once again this evening. Thanks for having me. And uh, next time we do the show together, I'll be on a different internet connection, and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes, because this internet connection here has been fucking bomb. God. <laughs> Anyways, Boomers by Periscope, and uh, change the color of the lights, change the contents of my beverage, and uh, I'll be back with Red Light.
Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at ecoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on ecoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Ecoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at ecoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.